welcome back everyone hope you're all keeping well not to be biased in anything against my previous guest but i think this is the best one i've done um i've got the boys from st phoenix on absolutely amazing journey can't wait for you to listen to it obviously leave some feedback hit the subscribe button as well big thanks to the sponsors of the podcast let me repair and dean fleming mortgages both providing amazing support and have a wee look at them online cheers guys thanks Stevie, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on here. No problem. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Do you know something? This is one of the interviews that I'm genuinely nervous about because you two are fucking global now. Like majorly <laughs> global. Don't know about that. Thanks, Honestly. Mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know about that. I'm trying to be honest. Like, ah, you're right, man. Cheers, man. Cheers, thank you. Yes. You've got it. See I'm this white here already. Big heat, uh, man. <laughs> that camera's no. By your head, oh, it is. I know. <laughs> God, ask me, I'm turning to a beat right now. My bar. <laughs> so, as you were saying before you started, you've got over 55 million streams on Spotify. YouTube is into the millions. When you obviously you've been in the music industry for a long time, we'll cover that. But when you started this band and your first gig was Nice and Sleazies, is that right? In 2016, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. did you see it getting to this stage? Being being completely honest at that point. We talk about this all the time, and then you want to say, "Oh, that's amazing!" Can he? You can't can imagine that, but you can imagine that's that's the whole reason why you why you do it. Um, sometimes you have to pinch yourself. Sometimes when things happen, that's that's big. But I guess um, that was the reason why we started St Phoenix for the last band because we wanted to be as big as we can, and we were looking at our peers and people who we idolised one night. Let's give it a go. So I guess you never truly believe it, I guess. Or maybe, you, I don't know, it's kind of like blind faith. Um, but um, when you start hitting these things and look back, mm-hmm. I, it, it becomes pretty special and kind of mind-blowing. Also nice and sleazy's gig. Oh, that was funny. Was, uh, was it? No, it was brilliant. But uh, <laughs> we, were, uh, we really enjoyed ourselves. It was the first, first gigs. We had no idea what it was going to look right. like, what we were going to sound like. Um, a lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of people didn't. So I don't know. I don't know that one. <laughs> I, we didn't have it. Like St. Phoenix was just an idea. Aye. Mm. We had songs. Uh, we had songs, but it was just an idea. Mm-hmm. And then next minute, everything just went accelerated down. Aye. Everybody's because the reason why we put we played Sleazies was because every record label in the UK wanted to sign us. Every booking agent, every everybody just wanted mm-hmm. this whatever this was. Aye. And we didn't know what, what it was, <laughs> which is bizarre because it just came so quickly for the last band. The last band was like, like okay, it's ran its course mm-hmm. with these new songs. And then it just started. Mm-hmm. Like we just put the feelers out there Aye. and said it just went for zero to hundred very, very quickly. And see the, the band you were in previous, while you were in that band, did you have the idea of kind of this group at some point or were you just fully kind of concentrating on that band or could you just see it had a shelf life and it was only going to go so far. I think we were talking about there about the blind faith thing. I genuinely believed that in the last band were going to be the biggest band in the world. Aye. Looking back, it's kind of deluded, but you don't get to where you get to unless Aye. you have that kind of self belief. That self belief and like um, that determination. Go. I think that was a big thing. The determination of people Aye. saying, "Now you, you know, do that. You, you're not going to do anything." That's what kind of spurred us on. So we were in that band for eight eight years, nine years. And again, the the reason why we started that band was against spite, which is funny because I was in a band with my two mates, Mm -hmm. best mates for school. um, And they went away traveling in the world. And I started Right, well, they're away. The band spot up. I'll just start doing a singer songwriter type Aye. thing. And what all the while he started uh, a band with his mate in the garage playing Aye. drums. Right. 
and uh, they were absolutely shocking. Having a bit of match was terrible. We had a wee, we had a wee front man who was really, really was good. 16. They were really, really good. Slow. The wee front man was said something about him was quite cool. And uh, I said, "Listen, I'll help you write songs." Um, so I helped him write a couple of songs. And the next minute, Jim Gale he's playing them when they're getting on. Just beat one of six at a time, wasn't it? Is that right? No. What was it? I don't know. It was. <laughs> It was, it was XFM, XFM, there you go. XFM, sorry. Beat 106. Well, XFM has beat 106 back in the day. But it started to play, then it was like, then they started to get a bit of hype, and there's like a, they're selling it some gigs and all right. that. And the next man, he phones me, goes, nah, boy, you've chucked me with the band, right? <laughs> Every night. Right. So obviously realised that he's mince at drums, right? And uh, they went, uh, Chris is coming in Europe. And, but they're still going to play the, some of the songs that I'd wrote. So I says to him, lads, you can't chuck him out, right? And use this And still use my songs. <laughs> I says, that's no, that wasn't the part of the deal. Uh, and he says, nah, we're, we're playing the songs. I don't care what you say. So that, that I says, right, fine. I'm going to start my own band Aye. with Alan in it and I'll play the songs. And that's how Vigo Thieves started. It was all through... Then he kicked me out again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all through... <laughs> All through spite, um, saying you're not going to do it to my brother and play my songs. Aye. So that's how we started, just to do that. I had no, uh, I guess, no grand plan what to do and get to a record deal at that time. It was just to, to spite the guys that chucked my, my brother at the band. And um, for then, we just started, I guess, jamming. And my, mm -hmm. my dad had a, an office in Bells Hill in a big warehouse, and we just started jamming in there. Aye. and just the usual places and we played some gigs, terrible, nobody there. Right. We were absolutely terrible. Um, I w the, the, the then became the thing of, we wanted to play Tea in the Park. Mm -hmm. There's a thing called Tea Break, which is a small stage for right, upcoming right. bands. So that was your goal. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter, let's just play Tea Break. And every year you, you put your, your demos in, mm -hmm. but three, four years in a row, man. Dingy man, he started getting better. Going, how are they getting that? How are they getting that? Now, when you look back, you see why we didn't get it because we were rubbish. Aye. But you start um, thinking, this is, this is all right. This is Aye. Jeff Ellis. Is Conspiring Somebody's getting Jeff Ellis a, a brown envelope. <laughs> um, but we we just kept going, and then it was the, the goal was to play Team the Park. And we met a guy called Tim Vigon, mm -hmm. who manages uh, the streets, right? Mike Scanner the Aye. streets. And he manages Dexy's Midnight Runners. Zootons. The Zootons. Um, did the view at the time. Did the view at the time. A mutual friend. and Big names. Um, yeah. We met him for a mutual friend, took him out for, he came up to, he's a big Man United fan, so we took him to uh, Man United versus Rangers, the Champions right. League, watched the game, went for dinner. And he said, what what, what do you want to do then? Mm -hmm. I said, we just want to get to the next level. Aye. He says, you need to stop what you're doing because you're making a mess of this. These are absolutely over the place. Stop playing for six months. Go and make an EP. Mm -hmm. And one of the songs on the EP has to be your best song you've ever written. Right. Then book a launch night and then from there, sell it out and let the promoters and everybody around you take notice. Right. And then from there, after the next six months, do another EP, repeat the process and scale up in terms of the venue size and mm -hmm. sell it out and then repeat the process. How's that but when somebody says to you, like, you've obviously been grafting and somebody goes, fucking rip that up. Wait, I've been seeing it for ages. I've been <laughs> seeing it for ages. I say, listen, you're making, a, you're making an asset, Stevie. What you're doing here, stop. Right? The best song you've ever written, put it in an EP and we'll go for there. And then take somebody else to see it, you know what I mean? For <laughs> <Put> it to <laughs> listen. You're fucking, you're still on the band at this point, honestly. Absolute nugget. All you used to do is play drums and drink up the back of the van with a bass player. That's all you used to do. Great fun. Is this how you got sacked for the first band? No, no, I just, I'm, I'm not very good at drums. That's the reason. It was, uh, well, well, we've met, we, we're looking back now, and we, you meet certain people through your life or mm -hmm. through what you're trying to do that you have a connection with, that you listen to. Aye. And we've met these several people through, from the start to here we are. And mm -hmm. once you meet people who have been in the game and experienced it, they're just telling you all the things that they've done right and all the Aye. thing, all the places where they've made a mistake and said, do this, because I've done that mistake and don't, don't copy that. So when they, when they speak to you and explain that to you, it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. So we... Um, we did that. We mm -hmm. booked it nice and we made an EP. 
hooked it nice and squeezy, sold it. Um, and one of the songs was called Heartbeats. Um, Jeff Ellis heard it mm-hmm. and he put it on the, it was like the Teen the Park. Promo video. The promo, they announced a right. lineup. That was the backing track. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> See, we are saying, Jeff's putting it on that. Surely, Connie put his on. <laughs> Come on, you know, dog. Yeah, if you want to do it, this. <laughs> so next minute we get the email and he's a playing BBC introducing. So we're like, ideal, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Then for there we did the art school, another EP, mm-hmm. and then we got like. Oh, I didn't do nights. No, that was after that school. Alright, oh, I almost did. <laughs> so then we just ba- basically repeated the process, Aye. and it got to the stage where we did like the art school. Then we had like the first unsigned band today, two nights at King Tots, mm-hmm. and then we did um, the Archies for the Closedown. And it just grew and grew and grew. And then we were doing the ABC, the O2 mm-hmm. ABC. Right. We did that twice. And it just went up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And like we're pointing the part three times in a row. And we got like supporting the Cartinas, the Fratellis, no, the View. Yeah. Everything started to grow. But the problem was it was only in Scotland, it was only like Glasgow. Aye. Other bands that were coming up with us, um, there was bands like the La Fontaines and mm-hmm. Fatherson. They were selling it everywhere. Aye. We were just selling it Glasgow predominantly. Mm-hmm. And looking back, that was the issue. Aye. Um, were you just trying to get places outside of the city or were you just concentrating on We were here? trying to, well, I guess deep down, looking back, we were trying to be the best band in Glasgow when we mm-hmm. should have been trying to be the best band in Scotland or new band right. in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So you could, well, that's the thing, you go down in London, mm-hmm. you play in front of three folk, you get back up, you're doing 1300 at the ABC. Aye. We did like a tour one time, we, we played, had the ABC sold out, mm-hmm. 1300 folk, brilliant. Next night we're playing Nottingham to 10 folk, and it's like, oh. <laughs> so we need to try and replicate this. We need to try and replicate this in other places. So, through another, another story, um, and another person we met along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we started St. Phoenix. And it was, um, there's a, a friend of ours called Raymond Mead who plays with Jerry Cinnamon. Right. And he plays with a uh, bass player for uh, Ocean Colors team. Right. So Raymond's been in bands for years um, with his brother. And he just messaged me and says, listen, I go for a coffee. This is when we were doing the arts. He says, maybe about seven years ago. And he said, um, Go for a coffee. Right. I was having a coffee with me. Says, you should get the. You know what you should do. You should get the colours management. You like the colours, don't you? Right. So I'm, I'm Poundland Brandon Flowers, man. That's what I'm trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> he says you need to get in contact with the colours management right. because they'd be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, colours management. I'm going to get in contact. No, I'm just getting my phone. Ah, he <laughs> says you get their number. He says find you find it. You right. find a way. So. Come back to Alan and tell him, I spoke to Raymond, he says, Carlos, he's, he's like, aye, Raymond's right, man, leave it to me. Aye. So, the ideas, man. I'll deal with it. So, he's, he's, so <laughs> but away rehearsing for that, she's, am I getting a car away here? He's checking his phone. He's like, by the way, just got an email back for the Carlos boy. No. Hey, what happened was, he emailed the Carlos boy. Mm-hmm. He said, how you doing? We are uh, Vigo Thieves from Glasgow, Scotland, looking for, currently looking for management. One if you're interested. Anyway, very polite very right. polite well structured that's his first email well structured polite right. first email no reply right <laughs> second email excuse me <laughs> I sent you a demo last week and you haven't replied to me I find it very very rude no that way. you haven't Aye. replied <laughs> right I thought chance it so next minute email back right away excuse me very very sorry um, as you can imagine we get lots of demos mm. thousands of demos a week mm-hmm. Uh, trolling through emails. Um, so we didn't get back to you. Tell you what, we'll listen to your music over the weekend, mm-hmm. and if we like it, we'll get back to you. Um, you're getting ready with email free. Says, I was, I was re- ready. I was it, ready. All time already up. in the draft. <laughs> ready to go. He had a virus attached to it. They said <laughs> ready to go. So next minute, uh, he gets a reply back, and obviously we, we say that. So we see he originally sent the the email. To a guy called Robert Reynolds, mm-hmm. who's the manager, uh, the killers for Las Vegas. But we get an email back for a guy called Mac Reynolds. Right. So she's, we found it's his brother, right. Reynolds Management. Um, and he manages Imagine Dragons. Right. And their brother, Dan, sings in Imagine mm-hmm. Dragons. So you're starting to Google and put the, the dots right. together and you say, well, let's do a Skype call. So 
to a Skype call, lo and behold, and he's on the other end of the phone, he's got plaques and he's got the the it's the Grammys and he's got the Moon Man brilliant as well with the big long hair MTV Awards the Messiah I just just looked immaculate <laughs> he walked to business and he starts talking he's like listen love your stuff Aye. love you for Scotland you're out of town thanks for day we're on America um, what's your plans so we just says listen we might be the biggest band in the world Aye. that's it um, he started laughing he says right okay you got a lot of work to do then um, and you eat your finger <laughs> out pretty much <laughs> so he told us you need to change your sound, you need to listen to songs, proper mm -hmm. songs, proper production, um, and really think about what you want to do mm -hmm. and see if the guys you're idolising, your songs have got to be as good as them. Aye. So we were in cloud nine, we were buzzing, These, mm -hmm. I were speaking to him like nearly every week mm -hmm. on Skype calls and I think what they, there was a guy called Jordan who worked for them, he was going to become our manager Aye. and um, that was going to be the process mm -hmm. but he left and a couple of things happened along the way mm -hmm. so this was probably about the space about a year and a half right so that we had every bit of money we made for the band we put it into um started in this um how we met the our current producer ross mm -hmm. um we met ross in the studio and we basically spent a whole year well i spent a whole year mm -hmm. writing and recording in uh, the west end writing all this new stuff and um a bit after about a year in um we didn't know like, we were sort of chasing this imagine dragons management the killers management for some reason they didn't it was still um <clears throat> talking to to mac and that but nothing nothing materialized because he didn't take me manage his person like right. this guy had left and we were in a position now where what more to do with this all this right. new music so i shared it with the band mm -hmm. and they're like this isn't the us this isn't the Vigo thieves this is something completely different right. and i don't know what the the boys were just like we're not sure about this were you so, expecting that or were you surprised i guess i was surprised i guess i was just so self-absorbed and say and just focused on getting you know when somebody as i said when you meet these people who have done it right and they talk to you it's like you're just soaking everything up you think this is what i've got to do now right. and you just spend mm -hmm. all your time doing that you know i was the songwriter in the band so i just that's all i did right. and um when i showed them the songs they were these are great but it's not us mm -hmm. and i think we all deep down knew that the band had run its course right and the guys are fine with that mm -hmm. so i typed a massive email out to this guy mac and said um that's when i've spent all my money and all my time mm. writing these songs and the band don't feel this a fit for them mm -hmm. i don't know what to do pretty much he says well this is i'll, I'll just give it to tell, tell you straight he said there's five guys you've got five guys in an indie rock band i can go to any city in the world and find a five-piece indie rock band mm -hmm. so think about your competition it's 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 you're no, it's you're you're, you're up against it Aye. the biggest thing that will set you apart from everybody else is your distinctiveness mm -hmm. that's what you've got to do so there's a band coming out that they're out been out for a while and they're going to release an album and next year they'll be the biggest band on the planet there's mm -hmm. two of them and the reason is because they've got a core fan base but it's distinctive and the record label is going to back them with everything they've got mm -hmm. and they'll absolutely smash and that band at the time was a band called 21 pilots Right. so right. that was before they released all their big stuff right. so he said you've got to think about being distinctive and different so then I thought right five piece indie rock band fair play and everything well a two piece mm -hmm. for Glasgow two brothers that's right. kind of distinctive right. and that's how we just thought of starting you know using the same like all the songs right. that we did basically the Phoenix songs right. mm -hmm. so we'll just start something new were you both in the same place at that point were you like on board with it. Is, is Stevie was at that point or are you still in the band kind of thinking what do we do now I've got well, a bit of both just um you're looking at it going the that type of music doesn't fit this band as a mm. five piece but then Stevie's like well see the like two piece and it's brothers and we can kind of work it and then for that point on was I was obsessed still I'm obsessed with 21 pilots mm. I've only do right like, watching different acts and you say well how can how, how do they do it and how, mm. how can we do that and make it our own um and then from that, I was just like, hey, let's go for it. Right. There's none, there's none stopping us. 
that point I hadn't picked up a set of drumsticks in about 18 months. <laughs> the <laughs> short answer is he didn't have a choice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he just does what I tell him. That's it, yes. <laughs> Full reason for the the way the band started, the way the bands went, is because of me. Right. And he keeps forgetting that. Absolutely. <laughs> Beagle <laughs> Thieves, because of me. Talking rubbish. St. Phoenix, because of me. Because I'm just fucking <laughs> creating a job for you. Exactly. You know I mean? Give you a job. There you go. So, um, what we did was we had but four songs mm-hmm. so a song called king a song called the one a couple other ones that were all right Aye. but they were our two songs mm-hmm. so we set up a soundcloud link right. to these two songs mm-hmm. uh king and the one and we went on facebook and we just looked searched everywhere Aye. for major funny, management right. right major like we looked fallout boy Aye. 21 Pilots, um, Diplo, Avicii, mm-hmm. who else? With a good, with a good I'm few. talking about the biggest bands in the world. Aye. We managed to get their email address right. Right. So I actually got Macklemore's. Macklemore. So, but see, before, before um, we did music full time, mm-hmm. we used to work with our dad and also I was a web designer and graphic right. designer. Mm-hmm. So I had this thing called HubSpot. Right. You can put it to your Gmail and it, when you send an email out to someone, it can tell you who's opened it, <laughs> when they've opened it. It can tell you if it's been forwarded on to someone right. and who it's been forwarded on to, right? So this would match like this a long castle. It's basically it's like a read receipt, but it's got it's got um uh, a bit on it where it can tell you if, if someone's forwarded on. Well, that'd email. be a warning to you if you I get know, an email. I know. Anyway. <laughs> so I know you've read it. I know you've so sent we it. started <laughs> Uh, we got everybody's email. Right. And the email was, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hi, or hello. <laughs> St. Phoenix had a brand new project from Glasgow, Scotland, mm-hmm. looking for management. Right. Listen, please listen to the following tunes. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think. That was it. Right. Ding, 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 ding. Next minute. Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Avicii, 21, like all these managers mm-hmm. started getting back to us going, I love what you're doing here we love this we're definitely interested I'm going oh, look at this man I'm honest right and then this thing on my computer was like ding Columbia Records ding getting sent to Atlanta just going everywhere and I'm going here we go man you like that but you're like this can't be happening I was, just pinging away that email totally. and it was hilarious it was hilarious I was like, <laughs> what is going on I was like I think we're on a winner here so next minute 21 Pilots manager gets back to this guy called Chris Waltman mm-hmm. and he he said something that sticks with us to this day that it just shows you how it works. He said, I've just listened to your songs. Mm-hmm. The first thing I did was I Googled you. I tried to find out what you look like. I tried to find if there's any videos of you, what you're like live, where you're from. And I know nothing. And right. it's so refreshing. Because right. all I can do is just listen to your music and make my mind up. Right. I can't look at you and go, I'm not sure about them or that. I just listen to music and I can tell you the music wins all day long. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about you. So then we started talking to him, talking to all these different managers and it was just getting exciting. Aye. Well, to be fair, he took a Skype call with us, seen one Lucas and said, fuck that. So we did a Skype call, we're talking, we're talking to him for a while, talking to all these guys, but they're all based in America. Aye. And it was kind of like, come to America, come to America. And we're like, man, we don't come go anywhere, man. We have no money. No. We're, we're literally, we didn't have, um, we had no money at all. And I was like, well, we can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a guy uh, that used to do BBC Introducing up here, managed bands called uh, Ali McRae. Mm-hmm. So I messaged Ali and said, listen, um, what would you suggest? I don't know what to do. And he said, well, f- what you should do the now there's like there's a, a company that I work for in England called Centric. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they get up and coming bands and they get them on Sky Sports or they'll get them on Made in Chelsea or they get them on TV Aye. just to get a bit of awareness. I would suggest just putting it to them and see what they think and maybe all right. So I just sent them the song King mm-hmm. on the Wednesday. By Saturday or by Sunday it was um Miami versus Chelsea mm-hmm. in credits started playing King. That's that, insane. Whoa, man. <laughs> that's mental. Insane. And the next minute, um, Monday I got a phone call for a guy called Alistair Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. 
and he says, listen, I work at Centric, but also manage bands. Um, I've worked at Centric for years. We've had Ed Sheeran come through at the start. We've had Kasabian. Kasabian. All these bands have started mm. with us. We've got them stuff. They've always got record deals. He says, one of some of the best stuff I've heard come through. I was just a situation with management. And um, at that time, I just said, listen, I'm talking to a lot of people then. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out, but I just thought I'd send it because Alan McRae advises to, to put it in. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I have a friend in London, Mark, Alistair's in Liverpool, um, and we want to, I'd like to co-manage you, two of us like to manage you. I said, um, would you like to come down to London? I said, well, I'll speak to Alan. I spoke to Alan, I said, listen, these boys are wanting to go to London. So who are they? I don't know. I don't know who they are. He's at in the, the London. I'm not aggressive. He says, uh, he says, what are you doing in London? He says, I'm not going anywhere. See if so, I want to be wine dining 69, man. I want a full bang. They come up here, they take me for a nice steak dinner. I don't know where that's at. I mean, goes, like, that's actually what did happen. He does that say that. Truth. I can't even deny it. He says that, right? And I'm like, ah, you can't be talking like that. You've never wrote a song in your life. You're thinking about a solo career at this point. Like, right. Still thinking about it. <laughs> so uh, phone him up and says, listen, we're not too sure. Right. And he said, we'll pay for your flights, come down tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. me's at Shoreditch House, have have half an hour, we'll pay for everything. Right. Fair I'm enough. Your yeah, beauty. I'm in. Where's my tickets for the plane? Ryanair. I says, I mean, stick up. Your ass. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so we go down, we fly down, get into uh, Shoreditch House, fancy, fancy, man, mm-hmm. rooftop pool on that. Right. Meet, uh, meet Alistair. Then we meet our other manager, Mark. Just played out. He said, Listen, love your stuff. We think, he said, Well, why don't you come with us? If we can't get you a record deal in the first three months, mm-hmm. sack us. Like, fair enough. Right. All, we've, all we've ever wanted to do was sign a record deal. Right. Mm-hmm. So, none of us. Right? There's a contract there. Three months. Right. Fair. So, we did that. Mm-hmm. Signed it. And we thought we got a good feeling about them. Within a month, we had <laughs> offers in. From Atlantic, Parlophone, and Warner Records. We had interest. Oh, it's the best. And then we had interest from, um, we had the chairman of Warner come up to see us. We had uh, Columbia, we had a guy from America, Republic Records, fly over. Um, We had all these people just saying, you want to sign you, want to sign you. Wait a minute, the guy for Republic Records is for LA and we took him to uh, the main streets of Delmarnock to the rehearsal studio. Oh my oh, god. Must have shot himself. Ah, he's a weird. Probably thought he was in Grand Theft Auto. So. 100%. <laughs> no. Right next to Morrison's, Alec Morrison's gym. So there's all these dodgy characters you're having about. And uh, he's probably in this. We used to rehearse in a dungeon. He's like, must have been there. But he came over. He was he was uh, brilliant. And um, you know, all these guys were dead nice. And we were like, hey, what's what's the end game? What's right. the score? So I was ahead of my pen. We had all these. We were like, all you want to do in a band, ask MD, start a band. We were saying a record. Right. That's what you want to do. Right. Like, no matter what it is, what's the deal? Like, it's absolutely shit. I don't care. I'm saying right. it. Right. I don't care. So we were like, right, we're ready to go. And uh, my manager, we went down to London. We get treated to Muse at the the Millennium Dome mm-hmm. we're in the box man nice drinking it's it's getting away with it man two stellas mate they get like, hey, are you going so much as that that's a free bar right? it's just see what you want let's go <laughs> <laughs> just going for it just absolutely going for it and then uh, talking about the deal and, and my manager's like uh, I'm not saying it I said what do you mean I'm not saying it he's like saying that you'd be dropped in six months because mm-hmm. the the challenge of coming in Cold, we know fans are nothing, right. but they'll just this will just think the biggest challenge with was like with the songs. People thought that's a band on the third record, mm. you have to come in for an angle, like Aye. an alternative or a Aye. or a rock or whatever. That just looks like mainstream commercial, and about a, a record label was put that together, kind of thing. Like that. What do you mean? Mm. He's that no, we're not saying it's so all right, all right. So, I've got some shite songs as well. We can, Aye, we can put is that hard for you at that point? But because oh, you, you've oh. obviously got all these bosses coming out. Fucking well, the streams you've got people offering you stuff, and then you get somebody going, "Nah, torture." No I, sign on it. On, I mean, it was again. It was everything was just rushed and right. rushed and rushed, <clears> and <throat> then it was like we had booking agents, and then it was like we need promoters, and they all come up. We need to play a show. You need to play a show. So we've only got three songs. Right. You need to put a show together, nice and sleazy. Sold it. The last time 
Now we we've obviously witnessed it because Vigo Thieves, we just wanted to get we had to go down to London to get seen. Uh, mm-hmm. The last band to get all these record labels to come up to see them as churches and they yeah. get signed right, right away. So it's it's very, very rare to get all the, the labels up Aye. um from London to see you. Mm-hmm. So we had every major label on nice and sleazies, but every promoter booking agent up to see us. And um it was just thrown together. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't, wasn't it was brilliant. Honestly. <laughs> it was just different. We just didn't know what it was. Aye. And we just played and it was um it was just it was just everything was just like hundred mile an hour. So it just got to that point where everything was just like we signed with the managers and everything was just over the place and then we didn't sign a record deal and I was like, what we got to do? So we started putting out songs just individually, mm-hmm. making content, but we didn't have a social media following. We didn't have uh, any fans or nothing. Mm-hmm. We started getting all this streaming, all this like um, playlist. And mm-hmm. so when you put a song on, you really want to go on the big playlist, the big right. rock playlist. So the, the, there's a, a lady called Alison Hagendorf. She's a head of rock at Spotify. Right. She loved us. Mm-hmm. So she put us on some big playlists. Mm-hmm. So the numbers started in Spotify started spiraling, but we had nothing to show for it pretty right. much. Um because we were just like, what do we do? Put a picture up on Instagram, do likes. <laughs> but you'll get do folk. And all mean you liked it. Folk will see that <laughs> but right and go, Oh, they're getting millions of streams, they must be minted. They must be oh, absolutely can oh, it. You must get that all the time. Hundred percent. Like, mental. Like, a Bentley, there's an expert there, there will come out the next but I'll tell you what happened with that as well. <laughs> so there's all of that and uh, it's just we're like what do we do next minute the booting agents start to go so they're starting to we basically looking back we weren't ready mm-hmm. but they start getting his red and leads we start getting his we played v festival red and leads we played community festival started getting the all Imagine the dragons and then the imagine dragons manager just emailed us one morning and says do you want to support imagine dragons in, in <laughs> london basically insane. do you want to support us for 100 pound and then the band, the that's, band the that's what you don't do else you're a support band support I, I don't know where the con the, the unwritten contract is you always you always give your support bands hardly any cash is that uh, like any gig we've ever done like we you don't get a lot of money to support i suppose yeah when you see like imagine dragons you're then just going fuck it, i've been in we went down and played that it was brilliant um and then we were just thinking of our next move mm-hmm. so we didn't know what to do we're just putting songs out there managers were saying you need to do this you need to do that and we were like well we don't know why to do that we want to try and well it was the last the times you you try to find two years and try to find what the band is mm-hmm. and you listen to outside noise and don't be wrong they've got the best interest for you Aye. But that's when you start realizing this. This isn't me. I mean, I was wearing, I'm wearing all this. a uh, New York hat and all the rest of it. And I was like, I'm no royal blood man. I don't want to be wearing hats. I don't wear hats. And it was like you try to try and go for a certain look. See this when you're posting on social media. Going, that's no me. Is that hard with that dynamic though? Because you've got people who obviously either try to look after you, but they're telling you things that are completely opposite to but what they, you would that's do. That's an outside. Um, the, the way they're looking at, it, they're seeing it from a different angle. And you think, well, they've seen it how what they like about right. us so we'll maybe try and put that out and see how it goes but that's don't be wrong that was build you up to make you who you are just right. now but it was just constantly try try new things mm. making mistakes constantly make mistakes right. and think oh we shouldn't be doing that and then there was a point where it goes the live show wasn't there right we're, try this try that trust me so no, just fuck this but twos are in the studio. Mm. Sat, we used to go into rehearsals at half five in the morning before we, work. We used to, uh, five days a week, six o'clock in the morning. See, I, luckily for me, we when we put our first song, I get a, an, an email, a DM on Facebook for a guy called Rich Stumpf who owned a big publishing company, which is basically the song when you look at music, there's two sides to music. There's the record label side, which is called mm. the master side. Then there's publishing, which is the songwriting side. Right. So he wanted to sign my publishing is because I was the, the writer. Mm-hmm. Um so he wanted to offer you a publishing deal. So I was uh, amazing that I would love to do that. So I signed with them and I got a bit of money. Um I was I had a web company. I still doing bits for my dad right. then, but I was starting to just focus more on songwriting. So I was fine. He was working with my dad. Um 
So that's what sort of kept us going to, to start with. But you're right, we're making all these mistakes, we're all trying all these things, and mm -hmm. it just wasn't it wasn't getting there. And then we'd done all this stuff with it's Imagine Dragons and Red and Leeds, and then it was like, what's the what's how can we get to the next stage? Because right. mm -hmm. we're getting like music played on adverts and mm -hmm. the streaming was good but just it wasn't a band there was nothing to take us to the next bit so um round about that time a dad got diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis mm -hmm. which is a terminal illness nice. so we were like okay so we used to work with him and alan was like the right hand man in my dad's company and my dad the doctor says you need to stop working pretty much because mm -hmm. the stress you're going to you're going to die quicker yeah. if you're too if you're much. too much stress. Mm -hmm. So we're like, right, okay, and so he needs to find a job. Mm -hmm. I was lucky that I had a business, and I also had um, the publishing money there to, to keep me ticking over. So I was going to I was doing LA trips right. with my manager manages a couple other guys, a guy called Sam Roman and a guy called Nick Gale, who's digital farm animals. Right. So I was going to LA, but it was brilliant experience. But mm -hmm. I was going in the middle of First time went to LA, getting sent to all these people's studios, just writing songs. It was a great experience. Oh, it was unbelievable. Right. I'm sitting back home <laughs> watching Friends and Comedy Central. Uh, <laughs> so it was it was great. Uh, I was getting to do that, but he was obviously still working away. And then when the doctor said to my dad, you need to right. stop, mm -hmm. like, he needs to get a new job. So I spoke to uh, one of my managers, I asked, I said, what do we do? He says, I think we just keep going. I said, everything's positive. I said, still, the numbers are still growing. We just need to find um, what the route is and find a partner to try and do the album with. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of running out of ideas. And then we um, asked the phone, we said, listen, I've got us an American agent. He uh, he books Billy Eilish right. and some big acts. So right. he's one of the best in America. Right. And he really loves the band. I'm like, All right, shoot, in, let's go. Mm -hmm. So when about a week, he says, I've uh, got a big corporate gig for you. Right. Right. And I want you to come to America mm -hmm. and play San Francisco. Now, this is the point where my publishing money that I got was kind of ran out. Um, Approaching panic mode. Mm -hmm. Panic mode. My business right. was, I would certainly, I'd left it for somebody else to run. Right. And uh, I was not really making any money from that. He was getting let go of my dad Aye. because that was winding down Aye. so we're like, it's just kind of like needle here Aye. and um guys i've got you i've got you um ten ten thousand dollars right to play 45 minutes in san francisco mm -hmm. like, go man <laughs> 45 minutes <laughs> yes. we can get zoom air over for 50 quid or something like 14 stops in between <laughs> ah, you need to go to ice like you, need to go, you need to go to timbuktu and back again but listen if it's buttons that's the matter we can yeah. go with two years and they said they've got to hire all the, all the equipment and stuff and I'm going, yeah, yeah beauty. beauty. Doing all the things. Like, we could pocket some dough here for Christmas ideal. So then we find out uh, American government take 30% off the top line like that. That's mine. Don't, as soon as you make money in America, that 30% is mine. Don't even, even question it. Just and if you want it back, you need to file this tax return get something to date and you're lucky if you get it back. We're like, all right. So we're doing our sums. We can still make all the money. So the book agent went, no. You're not going for one day. I'm taking you for 10 days. Right. I'm going to get you about LA and mm -hmm. see everybody and talk to everybody. All oh, right, man, that's what it costs us a bit. Of I seen it in the old, I, I seen it in the old margin that we had, uh, we're buying a Christmas gift. Adam spent. Adam spent. Already spent. <laughs> so he's like, well, that's the way it goes. So I'm like, okay. So at that time, we get the confirmation we're going, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And one of the gigs, the first gig we were playing was a gig called School Night in LA. Oh, right. So this is the big, and it's the biggest industry night in the world mm -hmm. for up and coming bands. Every major label in America comes to LA to mm -hmm. see. So you know Youngblood. Right. Mm -hmm. He, I swear, he gets signed. Right. Everybody in the UK says, "Nah, I'm not having him." He went to America, played School Night, got a big fuck off. Record deal. Right. Boom. So this is to happen about two weeks before we we're about to play. Mm -hmm. My manager went, Young Boy's just signed an absolute belty there, a multi album deal mm -hmm. for playing school night. He ripped it up. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you'll get the same. Mm -hmm. All right, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Feeling good. So we go over. Yeah. This. How are we going to make a how are we going to make a fucking splash here? What we got to do? So I've got this shiny 
night tracky on. <laughs> we're all ready to go. We say, well, fuck it, we'll yeah. skull masks, right? We'll call me skull <laughs> mask, <laughs> work, just blaze it up, man. Just fucking, what's going on? Need that mask to hide the redneck. So, honestly, God, man. Basically, it's all full of posers. Right. All full of, they're just, <clears throat> I work at a record right. label. It just, these industry showcases are the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Also, can I just say, if you're doing an industry showcase every single week, you think the equipment would be good? Right. That was the worst. The hi-hat pedal, right, for starting to play drums, usually you can adjust it to the mm-hmm. different heights. It was literally just a big roll of gaffer tape. Just said, right, I was there you go. And it was away down here, and I'm my body's up here. You're so just I, left I here. was like, oh, oh yeah, just need to here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we, we can set up, I mean, this gear's a bit dodgy, stage's a bit, it's not a stage, man. It's mm-hmm. like milk crate, what's going on? Right. So I was just, just got me it. So my man's like, he's need fucking go, he's need he's need to do well here. Right. I don't want to go to do well here. Go. <laughs> Packed, man, it's absolutely wall to wall, man. Mm-hmm. Packed. <laughs> and the stage stops here and there's like a couch there with right. folks sitting on it, right? So everybody from Glasgow's Glasgow and St. Phoenix and we come out, man, with a skull mask. Like, What's going on? Everybody's like, ah. <laughs> Is that what you said? What's going on? People would never get saved. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't remember what I said. Anyway. <laughs> We start fucking playing a skull mask on, going for it, man. Mm-hmm. This guy's, he's bird in the front row, just like that, just talking away. I was like, you cheeky bastard, mm-hmm. man. I'm, I'm playing face melt or something, man. And you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're holding your heart out. Two minutes and I'm like, he's burned me on because I'm, I'm going to get his attention. Aye. Just going for it. And then nobody's getting into it. And the, just the energy in the room is just all showcase industry. Nobody mm-hmm. really cares. Then malfunction happens where his headphones come out and the, we had a backing track. That stops playing. So I feel like it could go around. Evan, right, we stopped playing, get off the booking agents like that. Oh. Managers like that. Oh, man. Go to the car park. <laughs> Me, him and, the, and my manager scream at each other, you tell us to wear skull masks and do all this. Just, wait, say, no, because the thing is set off, we come off a stage and he goes, he goes, do you want to done? an acoustic set. I'm not telling us to wear skull masks. Go metal. Is that would have done an acoustic set? And you're going, you're the one that told us to wear skull masks and play as loud as you possibly can. <laughs> then you go up the stage and goes, just an acoustic set. Just like that, man. So we were, I'm telling you, we were oh. low, man. Low, low. Because we are thinking, mean, we've played gigs with Nabi there. Aye. We've played all We've seen whatever could go wrong, go, go wrong at a gig. We've seen like, right. everything you can imagine. Seen. It's happened to us. Happened to us. Like, I'm telling you, we've, <laughs> I can tell you, we hear of another podcast episode two talking about all the stuff that went wrong, honestly. See, see at that point, the Jews have a kind of, this might not happen. We're going to get to that. This is, oh, this is a juicy coming. gossip. <laughs> coming. Don't worry. So I've got my homework done. So then we, the next night, we play. I think called Winston House. Right. Now, Winston House is a guy called Corey Maguire, who's like a, a young creative guy who his goal was like, I'm going to buy a house in Venice Beach mm-hmm. and I'm going to get cool guys and acts to play. And I'm going to get all my mates and I'm going to get all the young guys at Spotify and record labels and YouTube and that to come down. Right. And I'm going to bring everybody and see the upcoming bands. Mm-hmm. So on that note, we were so down and we were Aye. nervous about playing and my, my manager said, well, it's acoustic anyway, so it's not going to go out the other night. No skeleton master around no, this time, just... No, um, did they have one? No, we didn't. We started the tracks so but no hang So true. we're in this funky house in uh, in LA, in Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. It's packed, absolutely packed. We're playing acoustic and everything just starts to go brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we'd written this song called Dead Men. It was about a dad, about how you the the working man struggles for his family and what he has to do right. and how sometimes he's about to escapism um, to escape the realities of life so we started talking about this and talking about our dad being ill oh god i made an ass and i you know the i made it as if my dad had passed away there and then and oh, the, at, the, that, at that, that point and the full the full i'm enjoying the full crowd were green we're all crying our eyes and i thought why are they crying and I'm like, it's all right, it's no deed. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, what? I crying for. Then I realised what I'd said, I went, oh, shit. <laughs> but we started playing and everybody was loving it and we felt really, really good after right. it. Really yeah. good. And the manager was like, I told you you should have done acoustic. I said, don't fucking start, right. man. Taste <laughs> <laughs> yourself. So then after that, we had, uh, we had another gig. We had to go and play San Francisco in this corporate show. The Friday we had like another sort of 
it was a, a, a DJ up in San Francisco. He puts on nights. Mm-hmm. So he puts on fairly good sized bands, Aye. UK bands and European bands. He, he puts them on first in San Francisco before they hit the big time. So we're playing, playing that and that was a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my manager, he was driving back down to LA. He said, I'll leave you in San Francisco. This is the, the, the gigs on the Monday. That's the Friday we played it. So we're thinking, what's left in the kitty? There's a hundred dollars left, man. Spent no, all that money. Much, 65. I was I like, after we spent sentence. flights, because we had to pay for manager and some other things and pay for trans, other transport, accommodation, just everything. It was like, we had hardly, we had no money left. And, um, that was like 10 days. Just aye, like, just, aye, just like that. Gone. Just everything we had to spend. I think we had maybe buy working visas as well. I think we did aye. buy visas out of that. Aye. To play the show, so we had no, no money and we had like $65 left. We we're in San Francisco, we were staying in a one bedroom Airbnb, mm-hmm. and we didn't have any money. We went to oh, San Francisco, we didn't have any money to go to Alcatraz or that. So we went down to the, the water and just looked at it, just looked distance. at it, chucked <laughs> in a couple of stones. Yeah, that, that was it. And then um, we, uh, we were watching Coachella right. on Coachella, was on, but we were watching it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting eating one like sharing a bed by the way. Just sharing a bed, <laughs> eating <laughs> pizza, man. Right, and I'm going rock and roll lifestyle. Just having about it, and we're phoning at home, and my dad's just talking about winding the business and going to doctors and that, and just going. Um, I just turned to him and said, "I can't do this anymore. Right. I'm just." And I've never been like that ever. I've always been like in the vegan thieves. It was. Like, Used to people used to take the piss at me because it was the hashtag believe. Aye. So because I visualize it, Aye. I'll see what I want to do, and I'll make it happen. That's how that's how we do it. What had changed for you at that point? I just think because I I genuinely believed that the path we had came, getting major record deals offered to us, supporting Imagine Dragons playing Redding Leeds, getting taken to America, getting all these opportunities all through basically the songs, Aye. and. And the streaming numbers were there and, you know, I'd better streaming numbers than tons of bands, right. especially like massive sign bands in, in the UK, we had better streaming numbers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, if it's not going to work, all this, maybe nobody likes this, maybe, maybe, you know, it's not going to work. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm going home with no money, you're going home with no money. Mm-hmm. And I can't keep doing this. I literally put every single penny I've ever made in my life into make music either making a record or touring Aye. or literally no save all the savings everything into doing music and um and i'm we're married i had a young family and i was i you know my wife she's been like she's been a million percent his wife as well million percent supportive Aye. going live your dream going doing it but it comes a time you've got to show something for Aye. it so i'm like Nah, I think I'm beat, man. I think it's got to me. Um, were you the same at that point, or were you still keep I'm going? I'm still. There's the back of the van with the cans. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. still like. He, he turned to me and says, "You can't write a song saying one day I'll be king and give up." Mm. Oh fuck right, all right then. Fuck sake. What a line that is, by the way. Again, say again. What a line. Vigo theme started because <laughs> of me. Saint Phoenix started because of me. When it's at the lowest point, I get the motivational speech. You ever, seen, uh, <laughs> you ever seen Old School? The film yep. Old School with Will Ferrell? Aye. But he's dumb as shit. <laughs> Next minute, some comes over and he says, so I'm genius. He does that from time to time. He just has these brain farts. I was bl- Pacino on any given Sunday. <laughs> That's what it was. What? It was like Pacino on any given Sunday. Right. You were half Straight asleep in. when you said it. <laughs> so, we, um, we fly back to Reykjavik. Right. And it's freezing. Hold oh, no, on, you need to explain the flight. It was for San Francisco to Reykjavik uh-huh. on an easy jet flight. Right. No TVs. No, no, no food. food. No, no, no. Two years in a single out. I'm behind Stevie. Stevie's there. Got no phone battery. No, no, no. Sitting like that for nine hours. Terrible. Oh, Get to Reykjavik, five hour stopover. All the Reykjavik stuff for the to eat is extortionate. Right. Man, I'm going to like, she had some and I'm going free I'm not allowed to eat. I can't eat anything like that Aye. right but I just ate it because I'm starving Aye. I was a, was a that flight for Reykjavik back to Glasgow I'm telling you my cheeks were as tight as anything because I could have fucking I could have sank that plane anyway so we get home 
and the wives are like, how'd it go? How'd it go? Where did it begin? How'd it go? Oh, it definitely did go. He's that tub of bleacher. It definitely did go. It went somewhere though where it's meant to. So we were like, genuinely, we had no money to record. We didn't have a studio because we went in, we always went in, or we always go in with our, our producer and mate Ross. So he's busy, he's got to do other fine right. work. So we had no money again to make a record. We had no money to make videos or content. We had nothing. We had pretty much no income. Mm-hmm. So we're like, right, you're all well and good for these motivational speeches, Alan, but still, it's still not looking good. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we didn't know because we're, um, we're speaking to the manager like after that, the, the big LA show. And they phoned you that? Nah, I said, nobody's phoned you. So for fuck's sake. So mm-hmm. my manager at that point, just when we'd went over, started living in LA. Mm-hmm. Now he's been, he's getting major success for his other artists. Like, so Sam, who we wrote, uh, I wrote Dead Men with, he wrote um, Someone You Love with Capaldi. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's wrote, oh, he's wrote fucking right. major hits, man. Tons. And Nick, Digital Farm Animals, He's a big producer. He's wrote mm. tons of hits as well. Right. So Mark doesn't really, he's a, his outlook on this thing is, it's fine, it's going to take a bit of time. We'll be right. fine. Right. We ain't, we've no money. We right. can't do this, man. This is You're like my it? mental, oh. tor- this is mental torture. Um, but so he's over in LA and anytime he phones you at three in the morning, mm-hmm. it's always good news. Right. It's always good news. Because if it's not, you'll just wait to the next day because right. the time difference. Three o'clock in the morning, FaceTime, jump up, man, get, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, I've got a deal. And I said, oh, yeah, beauty. Mm-hmm. He said, we've got a deal with um, AWOL, Cobalt. It's not, it's independent deal. Mm-hmm. He says, but it's pretty structured the same as a major would be. You get some money mm-hmm. for yourself and as advance and to make a, we can make the, the album. Aye. You can go straight into the album. Mm-hmm. I was like, finally. Brilliant. Aye. And since that day, everything just been on the way up. Um, just slowly but surely, everything just went good, 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 good. Mm-hmm. Don't be wrong, there's been major ups and downs mm-hmm. since there. Um, but that's when things started to go, right, okay, we can start to get a bit of a plan together Aye. now. Um, and that's what happened. So we made, we went straight in and made the first record with Ross. Spent a whole summer there. It's me- well, I, honestly, I see 2018, see for, this, for the January through to the May, like literally Odin Hill thing, man, right. this cannot get any worse. Right. And it keeps getting worse and you go, oh shit, shit. And then that comes in and make the album, start making the album. And in between the album, you get a, an email for the, the agent saying, do you just want to do a, a thing called the Lever Cup? in Chicago they've asked you to play this opening right. ceremony I'm going it's like the Ryder Cup but right. for tennis aye. I'm going oh, fuck's Ryder Cup man. let's go I'll go for it let's go aye cool <laughs> yeah, bother. and uh, I was on holiday with my wife and I had to meet Stevie in Chicago this was the September so we're doing the album and all the rest we hadn't finished then and to fly over and do this, this show and I was already I was in Florida and I f- flew over to Chicago got off the plane there was a guy standing with my name and I'm going I was he doing with my name? He's like, your bag, Mr. Duke's mole. When you go, and I was like, one time I said, Duke, get picked off the airport. He's like, hi, hi, it's brilliant, man. Let me see, I said, this is brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, God, by the way, never felt like a rock star on my life. No, I shared bed anymore. Oh, uh, no. I got a horrendous room, but <laughs> leave I, got, I got a great room. But we get, it was uh, the United Center of Chicago, where the right. Chicago Bulls play. Mm-hmm. Sold out tennis, Federer. It's Feder, Roger Federer's manager that booked us. Seen us. Basically mm-hmm. says to our booking agent, he says, listen, that's you're the biggest agent in America. Who's, what bands you got? Just gave my list of these bands. He's like, I won that band there. So we went, we played the opening ceremony. It was 25,000 folk in this stadium. Um, How many nerves? Sorry, he, he, I was he, miming. He was I'm singing live. I was loving it. <laughs> I was like, these drums aren't even mic'd up. Let's go. He's playing, I mean, the song's just going like that. And he's playing drum fills and like He's Phil Collins, man. Just going metal. But um, it was on Sky Sports and all the rest of it. But we're getting treated like royalty. Right. It was brilliant. It was superb. Damn, how can you go from that to that? It was like I was like that. Everything That's started right. going. So then we made the record. And um, we, um, oh, we went to, uh, we've been using... 
a guy, Stuart, to direct all our videos mm -hmm. for years. Brilliant. He's superb. Aye, uh, he's um, and um, he always, we always say, listen, we money. Can you help us out? And he always, he always like, could make, could stretch a dollar, as they say, and mm -hmm. he would always make something massive happen Aye. for no money. She said, listen, we've got a bit of money. We can get you a bit of money this time. Which is no bother. So, um, so why go to Iceland? They saw him big, Aye. epic, because the album's going to be that, a black and white opposite. Mm -hmm. So, I think black and volcanic ash, Aye. white ice and all the rest of it. So, he says, can we do it? Aye, so we've got a bit of budget together. Here mm -hmm. we go, put, put a storyboard together. Mm -hmm. This is going to be absolutely <laughs> epic. I'm cringing thinking about that story. <laughs> It's going to be absolutely epic, right? Right. right. Next minute, uh, I forget this. We've got all sorted actors getting these uh, astronaut costumes made, right. ready to go. It's going to be class. Stuart's, he's, he's dealing with Stuart, right? So I think Sam's up with Stuart. It's no, Sam's not right here. He's just getting a bit stressed out about these costumes and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So I'll be fine, man. Don't worry about it. It's no bother. So I'm telling you, Sam's. I don't know if the costumes are going to be made in time or somebody's freaking out and the dates creeping up to go to Iceland. Mm. So we get to uh, driving in to the airport. Me and my dad having a laugh. Can't wait to make a video on Iceland. Here we go. He's on the phone to Stuart because I have the phone's up. Sums up, man. Sums up. What's up? He said, I think Sums not going to... I don't think he's going to go. I said, what do you mean he's going to, not going to go? He's, of course he's going to go. Get to the airport. Stuart's the director. Who's, he's... All this video's in his head. Mm -hmm. He's planning. He's a genius, right? right. All the stuff's in his head. He's got a year and he's got basically really, really blue. He's blue. He's blue. blue. Oh, he's right. really his unwell. Right. He's right. really unwell. All blue. And he goes, "I can't go." <laughs> and I says, "I better go to school." Is this at the airport? Is at the airport, right? airport day he, leaving. He's at. <laughs> I can't go. And I said, "What do you mean, can I go?" He said, "I'm passing blood here. I'm not right. well." And I went, "Do this to me." I look down and he's not got a bag. I thought Don't he's, he's, no, he's no fucking about, he's no gone. So we've basically get commissioned this bit of money mm -hmm. to do a record deal. If the record, so yes. a video. <clears throat> we've got the two actors that are going to be in the, the video. We've got the costume special effects guy calling us. We've got the assistant um, head of um, videography there, assistant director. And uh, he's I'm not gone. I start going fucking mental. <laughs> Like, just lost it. I know, and I'm very, very cool. But this time I just lost it. And I was like, get the fuck out of my sight. And then I was like, to the fucking, oh, these, these folk are like, what the fuck? I've never let these folk in my life. So I'm really sorry, I'm not like this, by the way. I says, but he's just telling me he's not gone. And I don't know what I've got to do. Anyway, so almost missed the flight. Get on the flight, fly in the Iceland, right? We've got all the costumes, all the special effects right. in these big crates. We've got it, basically, we're doing everything DIY. And I sat down and go, we're fucking in our situation here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember this as a I said, I don't know how we're going to pull us off. He says, we need to shoot a fucking, we tell the record label, we're about to shoot this big epic video, right? And we're not a director. And said, so all right, Stuart said to us there, that Alex, the assistant director, mm -hmm. he's went to film school and he's going to film it. He, right. knows, he knows everything. I said, all right, chill out, man. He's got to drink the plane, chill. Fucking <laughs> touch down. Big, big Alex, I grab him. Alex, listen, I'm really sorry for all that stuff at the airport. He said, but Stuart tells me you've been to film school and you've mm -hmm. got a, a degree in right. that. He says, No, man, I'm a wedding photographer. <laughs> <laughs> he says, You're showing me. Arse, trousers, both everywhere. Oh, yeah, then we get to then we get to the baggage reclaim. All these big crates are all smashed everywhere. Suits, everything oh, all over the place. Right, Every costume's done. Anyway. What's the rage level at this point? Oh, it's, it couldn't get any worse at this point. <laughs> then after that, he has to go and get two bikes because there's a plane, there's a, a, a an abandoned plane mm -hmm. in the middle of this big volcanic ash beach mm -hmm. that we wanted to get in the shoot. Right. So, but no, it's a five mile walk. Mm -hmm. So we thought we'll get the two actors on the bikes so we'll have to walk and they just, they'll pedal out and pedal back. Right. So he's about to hire bikes. I've got everybody else in the back of this motor going to the hotel. Get to the hotel. Right, guys, up at seven in the morning, right? Get a good sleep. A chap, the, the assistant director in the uh, special effect guy's door, mm -hmm. open up, it's freezing, stinking of spray paint. 
Now I realise why Stuart's unwell. The costumes aren't ready. They're all over the Aye. place. The Aye. guy, Johan, who's doing all the costumes, is out in the veranda. It's eight. It's minus eight. He's spray painting all these these um, costumes and all the rest of it. And I'm like, oh, right, that's why Stuart's had a nervous breakdown because the costumes, the, the costumes aren't ready. Anyway, I've got leather trousers on, right? And a big funky shirt, these big platforms on, ready to go, right? <laughs> we drive up to a glacier. Right. Yeah, we get everybody in the motor, drive up to a glacier, getting the drums out and that. We're going to shoot up this glacier. We got up there and this big uh, bus comes up. All these guys got off it with North Face jackets on, helmets, spikes and all the rest of it. He's like, oh, neighbour, where are you going? This is up my ice, up, up the, the glacier. He's like, you're not going like that. You can't go, man. Just like... Here's a few. I uh, don't know. It's Irish. <laughs> So we're up this glacier, brilliant, rocking out. All these uh, tourists hi are walking by. Tourist hikers are walking by. Anyway, it was just it was going worse to worse, and then we managed. I don't know how we did it. That's we, the same time I felt like a rock star up a glacier. We managed. Um, <laughs> then we we just struggling through. It's getting darker. Bye bye bye. Get to this. Uh, we, it's going to get dark. We mm -hmm. need to shoot this plane shot. Right. So we're just getting to this this beach, five mile trek. It's about to get dark. Get the bike suit, right? Alex, the doing all the filming. Get the get the actress. She can go on the bike. Mm -hmm. Alex, you go on the bike with the backpack. I'll meet you there. It's five mile. I'll just run behind you, the stuff. Alex, I get on the bike, man. Starts to pedal. I was like, Alex, you're on the rocky path. You got that bit. It's the side. This is a smooth bit. Aye. He jumps over there. Much quicksand. Oh my god, it's getting worse oh, So then we're just running for five miles sweating, get to this big plane. It's covered with tourists everywhere. And what we've got to do is get out to get in dark, we can't shoot anymore. Mm. Uh, excuse me, everybody. We are from Sony Records. We're shooting a Maroon 5 video. Hi. Can everybody please vacate the plane? We need we need 30 minutes. So everybody vacates, man. We're just we're all pissed off. They were all raging. <laughs> so we shoot Sony Records video, big big production. There's four folks saying, "Get away, move, uh, get back." And where's Maroon Five? Exactly. <laughs> so we shoot this video. Finalized, done, boom, great. Pitch black, five mile walk back, and then the heavens open. It's crazy. We can't see anything because it's all black volcanic ash. We're walking back to this car park, it's five miles away, it's a wee tiny car light. So I'm walking through, just thinking, I'm glad we did it. He's got to take these bikes back to this boy who hired him for, right? Oh, man, Big Johan up a tune, right? So he jumps, he's at it, you just go. You just get in the car and go. I'll get the crew, put everybody in the car. He's about 10 minutes in front of me. I ain't got to pull that off, man. I'm driving with these back roads and lights for the next minute. See his flashing poles, lights, I'm like, fucking, what's going on here? He's driving back, he's like, oh shit, that's Alan. <laughs> Again, horrendous cops man. done him, man. Horrendous thousand thousand krona fine for speeding. Five hundred quid, five hundred oh. quid speeding fine. And do you know what? First, if anybody's watching this and they can tell me if this is true, I'm sitting in the back of the, the post motor, and the guy says, Pulls out a laminate sheet, a price list, right? I'm going, What the hell is this? What am I ordering here? What's going on? I don't know what's happening here. And he says, Right, okay, that's what the speed you were doing. There's your fine here. And he's like, ah, Pulls out a, a card machine. Some, somebody's had to wind up here. This boy's pulled out a card machine in the middle of nowhere. How's this boy got a card machine that's connecting the Wi Fi out in the, the middle of this? And he just goes, Right, there you go. I says, Man, I can't afford that. £500. And he's like, If you don't pay it, he says, The Icelandic government will get their money and it will double when you get back home. I'm like, Any chance you can reduce it, mate? And he goes, I tell you, if you pay it, then I'll go half. I'm like, 250 quid. I said, How much was I doing over? He says, you don't want to know. Anyway, I checked it. I was doing about 30 mile an hour of the speed limit. I think I was doing 90. I had 90. No, I can't even count. 90 on a 50. I was Oof. battering right. it. Because that boy was shouting me for these bikes. I told right. him, I'll get the bikes back for six o'clock. It was half, half 10 at night. <laughs> they go to his house and drop them off and I got the road. So that was, we did that. And then that was the first single for Dead Men. And that's when everything started to Oof. finally get the music out and, and start going. Um, that was a funny fun experience and then from there we just got geared up for, for the releasing the first album and we went to America for a thing called South by Southwest mm -hmm. which was good great experience and then we come back but again it's like you're thinking 
So all on good, starting to get a wee bit of fan base and that, but how do we really get this no. to the next level? We, we just don't know. And um, we were seeing 21 pilots at the Hydro mm-hmm. sitting next to each other and uh, phones go ding, ding, check it. Uh, booking agent, do you want to support Youngblood in America for three months? <laughs> and we just look at each other and go, no. absolutely. We <laughs> would love to. 